got to put more air in your bubble. Expand yourself. Take yourself out your comfort zone. Do not live in your bubble. Put some more air in your bubble. If you stay in your comfort zone, that's where you will fail. All work and no play, that's the way it is, ain't it? There's a rhythm deep inside of you, and you must get reacquainted. So maybe in terms of what happiness actually entails has changed over time, or like what is required to be happy, maybe maybe that has changed. Maybe that's the key there. What do you mean by the simple things? You know, I think just like the simple pleasures of life, literally just being able to go out with your friends, and, you know, watch a movie, just watch the movie together, um, to be able to go travel, have a nice meal on the beach, you know. Stay in a nice hotel for the night, go to shows. I don't know. It's just like various things like that, just to be able to like kind of, you know, take advantage of different opportunities and experiences. I think as a generation, we're all about experiences more. So it's just about, you know, being able to say you did a lot of things. Um, I think that is awesome as opposed to, I don't know, maybe more material goods or uh, certain accolades or uh milestones that we look to hit sometimes yeah i feel that well that also makes me think too about because some of what you're saying as far as the simple things as far as like seeing like going out with your friends and seeing a movie with your friends and stuff like that it's like i feel like college sometimes is uh like you don't really appreciate what you have until you're out of college because it's really like you and all your homies are just packed into one particular place like you're seeing and waking up next to your friends i mean hopefully depending on your college situation but at least for the three of us like waking up every day like surrounded by your friends like busting whatever moves you want to make skipping class if you want to just like chill <laughs> chill with them and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then you immediately go from that to just being like some of us are in different cities now like some of us went from like talking every single day to like you know only being able to catch up via phone calls and stuff like that so it's like such a quick adjustment period and in a at least in my case, it makes me look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I didn't really uh, totally tap into that to the extent that I probably would with the mentality that I have now. I feel you on that. Definitely haven't been able to, I guess, take advantage of some of that stuff back in the day, just being able to. Um, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess at that point, it's like you have your, your other distractions, school itself, <laughs> uh, you know, all of your classes and stuff like that. The stressors that are placed on you kind of prevent you from being able to take advantage or even acknowledge um identify like the the thing like those simple things that are worth cherishing like being able to hang out with your friends all the time 
So it's like, like as soon as you can kind of reach a lifestyle or a point in your life where maybe there are less of those stressors and you're able to kind of live a little bit more freely, have more of a cushion financially, emotionally, whatever that may be, at that point, you know, I think you're able to even enjoy those simple things a little bit more because there's just less uh, hindering it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's real. It's like less of a sensory overload going on too. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if Misha's still there. <laughs> I am, I am. Just it's deep in uh, thought. <laughs> listening and pondering <laughs> all these big changes. So many changes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's also interesting for us, I feel like, because like the time that we graduated to, well, I mean, we were class of 2015 and then there was an election in 2016 that totally like changed the overall cultural conversation like immediately after we left college. So sometimes it's valid, like, super so, valid. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes I find myself wondering too about like if I would have had a different Columbia experience, you know, if, if like we just were four years younger and like happened to be class of 2019 instead of class of 2015, you know what I mean? What would that entail for us? It could go a few different ways, but like, I mean, for one thing, like even just the social activism and stuff that you see these days, I mean, even like classes that you picked and things like that, like people, a lot of folks, right, like shifted careers from, or shifted like approaches to what they wanted their career to be from when they entered college to when they come out of college anyway. Um, But I feel like to have witnessed the change in change like socially that happened in the country like that could have definitely influenced some of those decisions you know but then again maybe we all would have ended up just like pursuing the shit that we wanted to pursue anyway i think we definitely would have been a little louder maybe about certain things politically um i would imagine there might have i mean political tensions have to be pretty high on a college campus when you have your republican student group and your democratic student group and i'm sure i would have found myself a lot more active in politics while on campus too and who knows what where that would have led us <laughs> but um i think uh, college is definitely one of those places where you put a lot of your passion into the ideas that are kind of placed out there and you kind of find your train of thought and you find your people, you find your little cohort of people who think similar to you, and you kind of refine that that ideology, whatever it is that you guys hold together, and you kind of double down on it by the time you're graduating. So it's like to be in that situation around that time. I mean, for us, it was like Ferguson, you know, Eric Garner, some mm-hmm. of these cases where at least from a social justice standpoint, we were definitely like thrust into, you know, really thinking and addressing a lot of these things, sexual assault on campus was a was a huge issue so like those are things that really made us think about things so like when me too comes around at least we're like all right we're a little bit prepared for this conversation because we kind of experienced it but it's still like you know a lot has happened even in the last three four years that if we were in college now it would have been very different i'm sure yeah i feel like there's been a big almost like counter dialogue that's developed with trump and like that whole like new cultural wave like when we were in college it was it was super intense like in the me too direction and like the left it was very left and almost like radical in many ways and i feel like we spent a lot of time trying to have these like two-sided discussions and like understanding like the whole picture of like like all these different perspectives that weren't necessarily like being publicized at the time but now that you know, Trump is president and like a lot of these right, right wing views are, are coming much more into the mainstream and into the spotlight. I wonder how that would have impacted our experience. 
Oh yeah, I think it was it was on. very very <laughs> left. Like it was a super very it was a super left leftist culture that we were in at that point yeah, in time that's for the most part. Uh, not only that, but I think the point you made too is like everyone loved to play devil's advocate back then like I had a lot of conversations with people where people played devil's advocate but like in a way that like clearly like they weren't, you know, questioning the reality of stuff like what was going on but more so they were just like to your point opening up that conversation like being like how could someone see this in a different way anyway like i don't really understand that perspective so like what do you think that perspective is um whereas like to your point now like you can see that perspective very clearly like just by like being online these days literally it's like it's a very vocal perspective now and normalized and really like it's the position it's the perspective that's in power at the moment too. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of those voices, because if anything, I mean, I think the idea too is that there's a lot of a lot of these more right wing thoughts of have, have always kind of been there, and you know, society over time has kind of pushed those voices into a corner. Said, you know, we don't want to hear that right now. And when you have the ability to kind of come back out of that corner and say, hey, we are here, it definitely changes that that dynamic. I mean, there is definitely a little bit of a suppression there in terms of. The message, but then there really just comes out the moral argument too, which is something that I always try to grapple with sometimes is like when it comes to free speech and all these things like that, but versus like, you know, just literally what is wrong and what is right. And also understanding that ultimately it's what you think is right or wrong and not what everybody else has agreed to because there clearly is no universal moral code. Yeah, that's a real. And like a lot of times too, like, because I'm thinking back to these conversations that we would have a lot at Columbia as well. A lot of times, like, people conflate someone asking a question with, like, someone challenging their view versus someone, like, just asking a question because they're trying to figure out their own view still. And I feel like what was good about a lot of the conversations that we had back in the day was that, like, most of the time it was clear that, like, questions were being asked because someone was, like, like, genuinely was curious about the answer. And, like, even if the answer was really obvious to someone else – it wasn't obvious to that other person because they just didn't have the same vantage point. Instead, it's about filling in those gaps as opposed to like this more defensive, like, yo, like how do you not see things the same way that I see things, which then leads to more like clashes of, of perspectives and makes it harder for people to like feel comfortable voicing the, the times when their viewpoint is different from other people. I think that's valid. I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of situations where you don't allow people to, to speak. I mean, the thing is you have to be able to also discern when somebody's being genuine in asking questions versus if they're, you know, kind of just trolling, uh, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's definitely one of those tougher things where people get so riled up in general um, and they're very passionate about things that, you know, if you're automatically not coming at them with, like, I agree, you know, then you could easily just be seen as trying to mock somebody or, you know, just being stupid in that case. And sometimes I, I think there's a lot of different conversations that we as like society are, are looking to have a lot more of these days, but sometimes it can be really difficult having that conversation about, um, I mean, politics, like, you know, can you be kind of right winger be in a room with a left winger and, you know, really be able to ask those questions without baiting each other into a fist fight. Um, can you have a conversation about sex in the workplace or like relationships in the workplace without, you know, coming off as, I don't know, perverted or already crossing the line just by asking, like, are there ways to navigate this? It's like, if, you know, if, if your stance is absolutely no, for example, then like any type of question, 
on like how to navigate that could be seen as a, you know, why are you even bothering asking that question? And I think a lot of these topics, uh, especially, you know, amongst our generation, sex is, you know, uh, an interesting topic because I feel like a lot of us aren't necessarily having it as much as past generations were. And so like even being able to have those conversations while you're having issues like Me Too being brought to light, you know, you need to be able to have those conversations and be able to ask some really, maybe sometimes stupid or really innocent questions just to make some progress in in where you're going. That's real. And it's like when you don't have those conversations, that's when you get shit like in cell forums where people are getting brainwashed and like all of this shit. But it's like, yeah. but a lot of it comes back to them like, you know, people just want to ignore the problems or like people still are willingly choosing to live in bubbles, even when they recognize that the things that happen outside of those bubbles still have consequences on them. So it's like, you know, you're trying to act like you're making a change a lot of the time, but that the only way to really make a change is to open up the dialogues of communication. Because if not, then like you're going to be having your conversation. They're going to be having their conversation, but y'all are still going to be interacting at some point and hope. And a lot of times at some point ends up being like a violent type of interaction because people just like, you know, they start with a question. They don't get an answer to that question from the people who might have more liberal or like more humanitarian answer to that question. And so then they end up getting that question answered by the people who have negative or like you, you get, you get what I'm hinting at. Right. So like, I don't know. It's just uh, to your point. I think there's a lot of topics, sex definitely being one of them that like are difficult for to, to even know how to approach because a lot of times like that point of approach just gets immediately shot down. But I'm also thinking, cause I feel like the fact that we had those conversations early on also kind of has strengthened our communication approaches. I would say, at least in my case, I think it has where it's like now those conversations are becoming more commonplace as far as just like conflicting like everything's an argument these days uh but it's like we've had <laughs> arguments in the past so it's kind of like you know you, you're able to maneuver through them a little bit more once you have them uh, over and over in different situations i think our generation is just becoming more transparent with a lot of topics finance you know talking about finances talking about um i mean yeah talk, being able to talk a little bit more about sex and, and relationships as well um, mental health is a huge thing, you know, just being able to, like, I feel like that if you were to go on Google Trends and just look up mental health, you'd probably see a spike in that, that phrase being used, you know, in the late 2000s, 2010s period, because, you know, as a generation, we just were able to talk about things a lot more. And, you know, I think it's still, it's clearly a journey. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of conversations. It's going to take, you know, we're going to have some moments where we kind of fall back or we make some progress or whatever, but it's definitely going to take a while to to go through these conversations. But I think it's clear that our generation is certainly pushing forward and trying to have them to varying degrees of success. Yeah, OD. I heard an enthusiastic 100% earlier, Nisha, so I wonder. <laughs> it sounded like you agreed with what I was saying about uh, about like the different communication strategies and getting the opportunity to to strengthen them. Yeah, I mean, I'm just even thinking, I just think about my own experience, like over, you know, the last few years since graduating and how a lot of these, a lot of the developments that have happened culturally. And, you know, I, I do feel like a lot of our late night, long winded discussions and debates, like definitely prepared me to, you know, associate with people who like have different points of view and like really try to understand them. And like, even even now, like, it's kind of, like, a funny thing. I don't even know if you guys are aware of this, but, like, 
I go to foxnews.com like every single day, like as I'm also going to cnn.com just to see what is the other side saying. Yeah, and I still see those headlines like, like, on my Apple News, which is like if, definitely if I, useful. If I, totally. Like, if, if I go to CNN.com and I see the headline, oh, Trump's legal woes will continue regardless of whether or not he actually gets impeached. I was like, that doesn't sound biased at all. <laughs> like, that headline basically told me that CNN is trying to send the message that Trump is still fucked. Like, Excuse my French. Might have to bleep that. Uh, <laughs> we uncensored. We uncensored as a motherfucker, man. Say whatever shit you the, want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But basically, like, they're trying to say that he's he's fucked, and I'm like, but is he though? So then, you know, my 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 knee jerk reaction then is to go to Fox News and see what they're covering, and it's something to do with like this is the greatest thing to happen to this country in the last forty years. Like, finally, a president <laughs> who who stands up. And it's like, like it's just they're coming from a completely different perspective. It's like it's wild. Yeah, it's like at this point, difference. like you know, you're not really looking at the news to look for, or at least like I, I would say for the three of us, most likely, we're not like just like looking at the news to be informed. We're looking at the news to like see what one perspective on this issue is, and then looking at another news source to see what another perspective on this issue is, and just like trying to get a sense of like totally, you know, the full the full spectrum of views, and try to like form your own view within that. Exactly. Exactly. And I would, I would totally credit like our four years together at college, like to to that. Definitely, I feel like this is a good time since since we're talking about uh, four years spent together at college. And I realize we haven't done introductions yet, so let me set the stage for those. So, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to You Free, our communal podcast. You got a Zim on the line. Uh, who else is joining us? Let's go alphabetically by well, we could do first name or last name, and it would be the same. So, let's go alphabetically. Right. Uh it's Justin J. Harmony, representing Queens, New York, dialing in from Brooklyn, New York, formerly from Harlem, New York. Only a couple boroughs left to go. Well, I mean, I'm not <laughs> calling Harlem a borough per se, but you know, either way, I think I'm stuck with the three boroughs that I lived in. No Staten Island necessary, and you know, the Bronx is cool, but yeah. All right. Who else we got joining us? We got... Misha, currently representing LA, formerly representing New York, and formerly representing New Zealand. Always repping New Zealand. Always. Because I'm always repping Jamaica. Boom, 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 boom. Definitely always <laughs> repping New Zealand. That's, that's true. Well, actually, it, since you mentioned that, one thing that, that was coming to mind earlier, too, when we were talking about these conversations that we were having is, like, I feel like your vantage point was a really refreshing and, like, good one to have in the conversations, being that, like... There was a bit of a buffer understanding that you're from New Zealand. So like you have a kind of not an outsider's perspective because obviously you're still living and have spent a lot of your time in America. But like some of the things that we just like assume, it's just like you just don't have any reason to assume those things, which is good because like you really shouldn't assume anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely feel that. And like also just New Zealanders have such an interesting perspective on everything that's happening in America. And so like it's always... It's always great and yet another additional perspective to have, um, you know, staying in touch with my family and, and seeing, you know, w- what is it that they're saying about world affairs, culture, politics, et cetera, et cetera. And overall, they're surprisingly aware of, of the way that the U.S. government works and, you know, things that are happening here a lot more than you would expect. Who has it more figured out, New Zealand or America? <laughs> I mean, want to want to guess? 
the one that you're currently in? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's really a fair comparison. New Zealand has a very simple system and infrastructure in place. It's a lush island that's extremely isolated and quite homogenous in terms of the society and the structure. And like, it's just, it's a lot easier to, to kind of maintain like a peaceful, harmonious structure. It's similar to Scandinavia in many ways. Yeah. That's quite a contrast. <laughs> you know, versus America is just like a, you know, it's like a pot or like a stew of like just all these different perspectives and cultures and you know people trying to get into this country for whatever reason and then you know trying to settle down here and find people like them and and then like how does the government account for taking care of 300 million people like new zealand is just four million also so so i would say you know to answer your question directly obviously like i think new zealand has it more figured out than america but i would also say like it's not really a fair comparison yeah that's a fair point how about jamaica Ooh, I feel like uh, Jamaica kind of just got fucked by. Uh, I mean, they 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 um, had recently gained their independence, you know, within the last century. So, and I feel like the the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, really uh, fucked them up as a country. I, I watched this documentary and read some papers about it and how a lot of what the, the IMF did when. Um, Jamaica first got their freedom from the UK was it really crippled them a lot of that aid that they got initially. So yeah, I would say as a young country, Jamaica has cultural capital for days. We're working on the on the infrastructure and economy part, I would say. Yeah, fair enough. Do you do you talk to your relatives in Jamaica and like get their perspective on, on world affairs and stuff too? Because I know personally, like I even read um, Don, which is like a big newspaper out in Pakistan. Like I love to read their takes on, on American headlines that make it out there and things like that. And even like sometimes like an artist will pass away or something and they'll like write about it in, in Don. And so like reading those perspectives is really dope. So do you do the same thing? And obviously Misha was saying that he's tapped into his family out in New Zealand. So do you do the same thing with Jamaica? can't say that I do in terms of staying up to date in terms of that news as much. I mean, they love to shit on Trump over, over in <laughs> Jamaica. So we hear it from them all the time in terms of what they're seeing in American news. I can't say that it's really flowed the other way from, from me personally. I think it's also like I do I, my family in Jamaica. I guess on both sides of my family, I only I only know like one side really well in terms of this Jamaican side, and a lot of them have also started moving to America in recent years. So it's a little different now, I guess. That's real. I guess it's also kind of a false equivalency because both of us were still you know grew up in America and like to your point, the family that we have back in those countries is still like a step removed. Yeah, true, true. This is kind of a left turn, but I was also thinking earlier when we were talking about um, conversations and conversational techniques and stuff like that. And I was thinking that another thing which I feel like we strengthened a lot, uh, or at least I strengthened during my time in Colombia, and I'd be curious if you guys feel the same way, is the ability to communicate criticism to other people. You know, I feel like it's similar to what we were talking about earlier with challenging different viewpoints and things like that, where it's like sometimes you're you're offering criticism because it's like, yo, this idea, this thing that you created, I think like if you changed, if you tweak this thing, like there's going to be value in that for what you're trying to do. And people just hear that as like, 
you know, sometimes can hear that as more so just like attacking with the fact that they created something or like attacking what they created. Um, and I feel like during a lot of different situations, both academically, but also just like kind of collaborating and like working with people and like seeing people change from freshman year to, to senior year, there was definitely a lot of conversations that I think helped me honestly on both sides, be able to like give criticism better as well as uh, receive criticism a lot better. Thoughts? I think, well, one, taking the strength finders test was very useful. I mean, I think, I'm not sure if we talked about this one before, but, you know, in a nutshell, strength finders was a test that you take and identifies, it's like a personality quiz that identifies your personal strengths. And I think learning about more about what my personal strengths were, but then also how those strengths can be seen as weaknesses allowed me to have the conversations with the people around me who I most interact with, you know, my roommates or the people that I work with or whatever, closest friends, to be able to kind of communicate to them, hey, like, here are, you know, some life strengths, and here is, you know, how that can be seen as a weakness, and now that you know like, that's how I operate, like, you might be less likely to dwell on certain things so much, or, like, you'll understand why I am the way I am. Uh, you'll understand how to approach me better about some of the things, like if you have an issue or whatever, and it makes things a lot easier that way. You know, like me being overly analytical, for example, you know, being analytical and logical can be seen as a strength, but, you know, sometimes that can annoy people because you might overanalyze uh, situations or you might be overly critical and tell people things that they don't necessarily want or I mean, sometimes need to hear, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, in general, it can be seen as a negative in some ways. Um, so it's it's just knowing, being able to identify that, and I think being able to then communicate that to people. Same thing with like astrology. I've been getting into my chart a lot more, and as I kind of look into what's going on there, I'm able to kind of communicate some of those things to people and say, hey, you know, this is why you get angry at me for these things is because, you know, it's kind of my nature. This is how I move and this is why I do the things I do. Misha, are you into astrology? Are you tapping into that too? You know, funny you should say that. Um, like, not really, like, from a studying perspective. But, you know, I would say, like, I have observed some interesting um, interesting phenomena at and, and and coincidences around like the stars and things like that recently that I'm like hmm. yeah it gets super trippy sometimes but I I guess what you're saying Justin that was more so like also just being able to use it as a reference point because like a lot of times it communicates things that you like see surface in your relationships right so you're like talking about being able to point to it and like communicate and be like yo like I'm naturally these things yeah it's like I you know I'm I'm an Aries for example as my sun sign means I'm a fire sign I can have like that fiery personality sometimes but also you know I'm if I'm logical and analytical but I also want to do things that are significant sometimes I can get easily flustered or or mad when you know things don't seem significant or whatever, or I'm able to kind of call out those situations. And I think being able to explain to friends why I am the way I am sometimes, even in terms of like, oh, like I might be over analytical because I love you. Or like, this is how, this is my way of expressing love. Like everybody has their own love languages, you know? So being able to let people know that as you're able to come to terms with them or to know, learn more about yourself, I think is important as opposed to like kind of hoarding that information to yourself and just being like, well, I looked at my chart or whatever, and I'm just going to hold this to my chest. I think 
if you have friends that are interested in that kind of stuff and doing the same for themselves and exploring it, it, it is kind of useful to kind of know where some people are at because you can maybe you can like sniff out an issue before it becomes an issue or like you you, you might not like if if you know that I'm a fiery person you might be careful to easily provoke me right you like might tread lightly or something like that and maybe that's necess- like that's good knowledge going into it before you know something pops off for no reason but then that's also something that you know I need to work on too but at least I'm acknowledging like that's how I currently am and that's important <laughs> And I never been beat up, least not in the city that I'm from. Never given anyone a reason, never thought of leaving. Got caught up achieving, got gone like the wind when it's reason. Not the flow cold, but no hope freezing. Getting warm though when it's bogo season. Broco season, nope, don't need them. Took a ride to the west on some D's like the size of a breast. Little old me with my tongue hanging, can't get a lick of rest. I can sleep when I'm dead. See ya, my yana, me right behind ya. I'ma beat it up like you, up and yada. Need I remind ya, I'm sleep deprived of jet lag, cause my team is fly. Like a robot florist I'm in the city like a German the dirt Yeah, like a pretty tell the nerd